Hey, it's your girl Autumn, and I welcome you back to the Lit Life Podcast, where I encourage you to live your life autonomously. Real quick, before I get into everything, I want you guys to head on head on over to uh, you can't sip with us. Sips by Chef. If you enter in the code Lit Life, you'll get ten percent off of the extra extra Liddy drink box. Like I had to drink last night, it was sparkling. It was like everything. So y'all go ahead and do that. Now that I got that out the way, <laughs> today I have yet another special guest. I am blessed to have one of my best friends, my cousin, Rhonda, on the show. Everybody, welcome Rhonda to the show. All right, Lit Life. Hey, hold on. Let me, you know I got to find it. You know I got to find the claps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, this is not your first time on the show. You're right. I, I'm like, I forget. But this is the first video. Yes, this is the first video. But this yeah. is not her first time on the show, but it's cool. Um, How you doing, boo? I miss you. Man, we have this, this damn pandemic just ruined all of our like plans for the year. But you know what? It's okay everything we about, to, we about to just be lit in 2021 i can't wait to see you man <laughs> we'll record we back <laughs> what what just happened y'all all i know is the internet went out that's what happened you was like this <laughs> But it only went out. Look, it didn't go out. I, I checked my phone and like, you know, because my phone is connected to the Wi-Fi and it was working just fine. So it had to be the computer. So I restarted my computer. I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to actually edit that out. Because I'm gonna think so. That was like five minutes of just. All right. Of nothing. Right. Like <laughs> 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 well, that's a way to break the ice. Man. Um, well, we, right. So we were saying, I was saying, you know, we got to get together. That's really all I was saying. So yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So anyways, um, I'm glad that you're here. We're going to talk about something that's pretty serious. I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I try to make a laugh out of it. Cause you know me, I just can't help myself sometimes. I'm like, kind of okay. like Michael Scott a little bit. I think I've been watching. I think I've just been watching it too much. Yes. I think he's rubbed off on me. 
He's definitely rubbed off on you. I'll I be pretty inappropriate some days. But anyways, okay. first, you already know we just going to go ahead and jump. Well, first, no, let, let me let me do this right. Okay. I already said this is one of my best friends. Do you want to tell folks about yourself? I mean, I, I could tell you. folks about you, but. Well, I mean, just what you like, you know, you ain't really got to go all into. So it's it's real simple. I'm just. I raised a lot of hell when I was a kid and when I was young and now in my adult life, I'm just trying to chill and be happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do too much anymore, like except for, you know, I travel. Um, with Autumn and our friends, we have a good travel group going. We like to see things and do things that, you know, we've never done before. So we're just trying to live life autonomously, like you said. Yes, like, girl. Go ahead and throw it in there. It's, it's, it, that's what it really is. Like, that's what I do. Like, I work really hard at work. Yes, you do. So when I'm not working, I don't like to do that. I don't like to answer no questions. I don't like to make no big decisions. I just like to just chill, have fun, and go with the flow. So that's that's my life. I have grandkids. So they're, yes. they're a big part of my life with this damn uh computer school. You know, are they still are they still like a hundred percent? Um hundred percent computer school. And we're not comfortable sending the little one to daycare yet because I live in Kentucky and the COVID cases are like going crazy. Like we always were real low, 200 cases a day. Now we like wow. so the whole state. Yeah. Like when it first started, we shut the we shut down like yeah. we we shut it down. We didn't have no we were one of the first states to like. Really, no bars, no restaurants, mm -hmm. no going outside. Go to the grocery store during certain hours with these age groups, kind of shit. So it, we didn't have big super cases back in March, April, May. You know, it was two, three hundred a day. We was chilling. Mm -hmm. Now it's like seventeen hundred a day, eighteen. That's where we at. Yeah. So it's like what the what. <sighs> That's so, where that's where Georgia has leveled out at. So like we have went up. I think the most we had was probably close to five thousand. Um, and then that would wipe our state out. Like that will wipe us out. Yeah, it, it was. It was very. I, I want to. I know for a fact it was over four thousand, but I think it was like closer to five. And that then after a while, you know, it started going down, but it, it took a long time for it to. And so now like the average, I, I guess this is like that level playing. It's probably about 15, between 15, 1700 cases. Well, and so rising because last week the average was like a thousand and now it's like 1700. Even on today is Sunday and we have 14, 1,400 cases on a mm. Sunday, and usually we like 300. So it's it's school. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of places in Kentucky have opened back up. Jefferson County is the I live in Louisville, so we're the biggest. We have you know 100,000 kids in public school, so they ain't trying to you know bring all them kids back, and the teachers will be all sick and stuff. So they can't do that like they can in the little towns. Right. But man, it's when school started back and when football season started. Mm -hmm. So people out there tailgating and 
slobbing all over each other and yeah. thinking everything's okay. Uh -huh. Bars is open and people just passing that shit around. So we staying safe at home. I, I have a, uh, my mom's 80 years old, so we ain't trying to uh, give right. her the COVID. We try to keep right. her included, even though she's fighting it with every. every <laughs> I know she is. She has, tell my girl I said hi. I tell her. Oh, <laughs> told her don't bust up in here, so we don't speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, yeah. so, okay, well, that's cool. So, um, all right, so before we get into our topic, you, you know what we got to do. Man, shout out to the three one third because Detroit—that's a product of Detroit. Like, that's my shout shit. out to that nigga. But anyways, I know you brought a shut the fuck up award because this no, is everybody's favorite part of the show. It's my favorite part of the show, man. And it was hard. Like, there's so many things that when I'm listening to your show, mm -hmm. I be like, yeah, yeah. I, and I be thinking about so many things. I should have wrote some stuff down. <laughs> So that I can remember because today I was like, who, who I want to tell to shut the fuck up today? And then I got to thinking, you know, I don't want to talk too much about um, a certain, you know, I'm in Kentucky. So it's a lot of bullshit going on with the police and the, and the Mitch motherfucking Connell. And we got Daniel Cameron. So I'm living in hell and protesting <laughs> and all this. So I'm going to just say this. All the people who's out there bitching and complaining about Daniel Cameron and his fucked up self, but all those people who are out there bitching and complaining about him who did not vote last year mm. can shut the fuck up. That part. Facts. Because y'all asked for it. Like we was telling y'all that he was not for the black folks. He was Mitch McConnell's little protege, what little little puppet. Mm -hmm. and, his little black boy. Yeah, this is his his little Sambo mm -hmm. over there, cheesing and smiling. And we was telling y'all that, and y'all was like, no, nah, we had a we we got a Democratic governor in Kentucky last year. That's how bad the Republican governor was. They actually voted for the Republic. <laughs> I mean, the Democratic governor, and we and and we and we got Daniel Cameron. Like, right. So, everybody who did not vote or who voted for Daniel Cameron, thinking that he was going to be on the black folks' side, all y'all can shut the fuck up until y'all vote this year. So, when y'all vote this year. Then y'all can talk again. Y'all can <laughs> say all that shit that y'all saying. But right now, when y'all go out there and protest, protest with a sign, don't say shit because y'all didn't go vote. Oh, yeah. And so I want to say this. Vote or vote shut the fuck up. Yes. Yes, I need that button. I'm going to have to send you one. We got a whole box. <laughs> oh girl yes please send me one so uh but but yes and you brought up a great point there's a reason why why we're here you know what i'm saying it's because niggas just whatever it is they just not trying to vote yeah and and 
I, I get, I understand a lot of times where they're coming from. Like I understand them feeling like they're going to do this and nothing's going to come out of it. And, you know, or they're, they're, they don't want to do it. So they're just not going to do it. I mean, we go to work every day and we don't really want to go to work every day, but we do it because it's necessary. And I think that I truly believe, and I, I could be naive, whatever. I don't know. I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning, but I feel truly believe that if we all came together as a people and went out to these polls and voted all the time, not just, not just when right. the fucking world is on fire. Right. It would make a, or huge not difference. when, not when there's a, a black, uh, you know, black male president or, you know, ca- candidate, like not just at those times, if we get up off our ass and we unite, like I see like Puffy trying to start a, um, his own black Democrat. But I'm thinking enough of us to do it by ourselves, though. We gotta, we can't just do it by if we we don't we are not the majority of people in this country. So if every black person voted the same way, we still are not the you know, don't have enough people. We have Mm -hmm. to really be smart about that kind of shit. Mm-hmm, distracting mm-hmm. from the overall goal by separating. You can't separate. We really do have to find some common ground with all the bullshitting people too. Like we're never gonna agree on everything. Hell, me and you Correct. Don't agree on everything. Right. So never and that's that's people think that way, but it's not gonna happen that way. But we all have to find some common ground to come together or else, you know, we gonna continue to be on fire like we are now which yeah and i also think you know i'll be honest like i don't think when i was younger and i had my son that i really instilled in him the importance of voting like i girl you know i i did it i did i i voted always but i never took him I mean, I think maybe a couple of times I took him, but I, I don't ever remember having a conversation with him about why it's important. And he didn't learn, like I'm realizing these millennials and a little younger or whatever they're the 20 year olds generations called. I don't even, I don't know. even know what the hell they yeah, call. Whoever, the 20 year olds, Let me look. they, um, they didn't, they don't really understand the civil rights movement. Like we did or like our parents did because hell when they were coming up we had a black president so they they think it's you know equal in some sense and i think once they get now they're realizing it's not but Mm -hmm. you know so I, i i made sure that this year like my grandkids i i had to be the old you know grandma with the apron on and break it down to their ass and be like look here <laughs> this is what really happened back in the you know 50 60s and 400 years ago like we wasn't all cool with everybody back then because how else are they gonna know our teach our, our schools ain't gonna teach them the absolutely truth. not so we absolutely have to teach our, our kids the truth and why it's important to do certain things while they're young so they don't grow up thinking that it's not a big deal and that they don't have to do it. So I, I, I <laughs> and I'm glad that. you brought that up too, because I just, just yesterday or day before yesterday. No, let me take that back. Few days ago, <laughs> I text bear. Did you vote? He ain't texting me back. <laughs> 
No, no. <laughs> right. So after I voted on whatever day that was, I text him again. Nigga. <laughs> did you vote? <laughs> right. Still no answer. This dude gonna say. You know what? I ain't even go because I he, it's I'm be pissed off about it. No, he has not voted yet. There you go. But he has not voted. So wear his ass out till he does. I, I'm all the way in Georgia. He's all the way in Ohio. I I had to. I got on the fucking thing to make sure all his shit was straight. Yeah. Sent it to him. I, there's no excuse. Right. He he and it reminded me. It reminded me of my grandmother. <laughs> so. Real quick, my grandmother, we used to tell my grandmother, like we would pick with her and be like, oh, Wanda voted for Bush or Wanda said she was going to vote for Bush. Girl, my granny would blow a fuse. Do you hear me? <laughs> she knew it, but she's so damn stupid and ignorant. I don't know what the hell her problem is or dumb ass girl. I mean, like. It would go on for like five minutes and Wanda would walk around. Girl, she would cuss Wanda out. Girl, listen. (laughs) You were talking about like I had to stop and I I had to like laugh at myself because it was so funny, but I I get it. I feel her now. Like, bruh, this election, this one, you should have been voting before. If you have not, you should have been voting before. But this one here, this one here, you can start a new trend. Like I took the entire family to the polls. Uh, yes, I saw the pictures. My grandkids, my eight-month-old niece, my uh, my two thirty-year-old niece, my mama, my sister, my yes. son. We all went and look, made the little people uh <laughs> standing out there. I was like, can you take our picture, please? Right. He was like, oh, this is so great. It's a family affair. I was like, every year we're gonna have like a voting caravan party to go to the polls because I mean I think we all have to do this needs to be like a barbecue or something. Right. Go vote and have like some kind of little thing. And How long was y'all wait? To vote? Oh, it was it was a good it, it, we went right in we went at the right time oh, and it took maybe 20 minutes to get all the way through that with all of us and and baby carriages and everything it was mm-hmm. but they have four here they have four big um voting poll stations um okay. on each side north south east and west of town and there's probably 150 stations oh wow that at each like the biggest one i think they have probably three or four hundred at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. where people can go they have you know the little voting things there's mm-hmm. probably 300 of them in there but the one i went to probably had about 150 so they was getting people in and out in and out yeah they opened up one um because you know like fulton county is like the county that's always got the shit going on so right. they opened one at i want to say state farm arena um mm. at the basketball yeah. so people have literally been going in walking in walking out i'm in Cobb yeah. county it took me I, I drove there's one there's a place right around the corner for me but i drove out because when i looked at the map there's like this map and it has like estimated wait a time waiting time oh, wow. And it said that it was like 90 minutes for this. Yeah. One. So I was like, I'll, I can drive. I'll just drive, you know, mm-hmm. a little further out. And it said the wait was like 
20 or 30 minutes, but I waited an hour and I, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, I, it was, know, I'm glad that people are going early. Cause I, we feel like here, if there's lines on the third, then we failed. So I work at a civil rights organization in town. And so our whole big thing is, you know, getting out to vote. We have right. caravans every Saturday where we line cars up and got a big DJ on the back of a yes. truck going through the neighborhoods, you know, trying to hype up people to come vote. And so we're really trying to make it a big deal for people to go do it, throwing t-shirts out and everything. But right, right. Like, you know, but <laughs> right, yes, yes. Like it's like, I mean, and that's a and that's it's such a great thing. Like I've seen so many uh different like today I was watching a video I saw on Twitter and they were in Philly and they were like playing a cha-cha slide or something like that. Yeah. People were outside dancing, you know, like to keep Keep the people busy and you know, so that Man, the time go by. Food trucks out and everything to try to and it's it's been successful, but it's still like like I said, if there's lines on November third, we're gonna feel like we didn't do good because there's just too much time. People can go vote on the weekends. Like it's mm -hmm. the it was the best thing ever to just go on a Saturday and go vote where I didn't have to like hustle and bustle and leave work, work and, and all yeah, that, and have mm -hmm. to all that craziness. It was easy. It was l no stress. So I think you know if one thing they can do. Um, as a result of this pandemic is keep the early voting. I think yes. more people would vote. I mean, I think more people are going to vote in this election than ever before. I hope uh, no matter which party you vote for. I mean, I just think people need to vote and let yeah. it be what it is. You know, And it's already like we're already breaking uh, records with the early voting. So but, yeah. and I think that we've all we've you know, for the most part, we've always had early voting, but probably not to this capacity yeah like, we had to do like you had to go to the voting center and have a reason like i i voted early when obama was running because i was traveling and i knew i was going to be out of town on election day so mm -hmm. but i had to go through like a whole process and oh wow almost like give my blood it seemed like to do early voting it wasn't like a real easy thing like i did here i just you know went in there and showed my ID and got a ballot, you know. And that's so. crazy because do you know that that the astronauts in space, like they're able to call in their vote or however they're doing that, like they're able to vote from the damn spaceship in wow. space. So if they can vote in space, these niggas around the street need to get get, get it together. I mean, come on. I, I, well, they need to make it. Uh, my, my point is, if they can do that, they can make it easier. Right. For right. us to so anyways right all right that's our politics for the day i think we did good almost so my okay. shut the fuck up all right <laughs> let me get a sip come on come on with it my shut the fuck up award of course comes from twitter because it always does yes that's your life there's an image going around with uh someone's like and uh, three white men and the other guy, he kind of looks like he might be Mexican. I don't know. But they're at a MAGA rally. Oh, and the T-shirt says, oh, Lord, <laughs> it's OK to be white. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It says it's okay to be white. That's what the fucking t-shirt says. Mm. I'm not understanding. They were Who? at a MAGA rally or at a Black Lives Matter rally? No, listen. What he's saying is and what he's doing is he's telling his fe- his uh, fellow um, Bills and Bobs <laughs> that they don't have to be shamed for being white. And my thing is nobody is shaming you for being white. Do you feel shame? Right. Do you feel shame? Because that's on you. That's on you. That's on you, fella. Mm-hmm. Like you, you seriously spent money to go to the motherfucking COVID nineteen rally, right? Because <laughs> ain't nobody got no mask on. No. Uh. To wear this fucking shirt that says it's okay to be white because today and every day you're feeling like you need to be oppressed and you need to be feel more oppressed than anybody else. Nobody else. Yeah. I'll let you say it. So on that note, I just like this man and whoever else the fuck got this t-shirt on to shut the fuck up. Fact. Cause that's ridiculous. Seriously. Seriously. All right. It's okay. Uh, uh, okay. I ain't gonna even. <laughs> it just don't make sense to me. It so. doesn't. And I hope they blast that picture all over the place and show. Oh, it's how- definitely <laughs> viral. And it's de- like you have to like dog. I'm gonna have to send it to you. But like, are you seriously on here with a fucking shirt that says it's okay to be white? Like. Nobody, nobody ever said that it wasn't right. They missed the point. They, they so miss the whole point of all the movements and everything else. Like, shut, shut up. And that's the same story, right? It's the, it's the same story over and over. It's like something happens. Everybody, you know, we, we, you know, black folks, you know, what we do, we amplify, we, we try to get to the bottom of shit. Right. We're trying to explain. We shouldn't be having to explain because <laughs> it really is pretty fucking clear. Right. But y'all still just don't get it because you don't want to get it. Right. You don't want to accept that. So now you're feeling shamed. You're feeling shame because who the fuck decided to put that on a t-shirt? Yeah, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah. So I brought my cousin on. I hit her up. What was that last week? Because you know I'm always hitting a nigga up at the very last minute. (laughs) What's today? Today is October 25th. Wow, it's still 2020. It's still. Breast Cancer Month. It is. We haven't heard a lot about breast cancer. Like when I really think about it, I think when I when I hit you up last week, um, I think I might have like seen something, and and it dawned on me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you're a breast cancer survivor, and I yeah. wanted to bring you on and just tell a little bit as as 
comfortable as you want to be you know you ain't got to get too explicit or whatever I do have some questions but this is it's this is so important and we can't let it get lost in the bullshit that we're going through I mean I understand COVID is big I understand our president is a big dummy (laughs) but (laughs) but um there are still so many things outside of that that are affecting black women especially because we can't even get like fair treatment and shit right. like we could li- we could literally have bomb ass insurance and all this that and other and it's still like we're yeah, the still it away. when we tell them what's wrong we have to be like overly adamant about our own health care because they just try to think that we all have the same symptoms and the same you know, characteristics and we don't. And, you know, they, they, I don't know what it is. They treat us like animals, basically. Yeah. You're right. Like animals. Um, so, but I, what I want to know is uh, first, I want to know what was life like before being diagnosed with breast cancer? That's a good question. Cause like, have you ever really thought about it? Oh Yeah. It changed my life completely. So I, I, my life was a little bit chaotic before um, I was diagnosed. And I will tell you this, I'm an open book about this topic because I feel like it's so important for Mm -hmm. people to not be afraid of breast cancer. Um, So we'll get to that in a little bit, but before, um, I was diagnosed, which was seven years ago. I can't even believe that, you know, it's been seven years since all that happened. But anyway, I was a workaholic. I mean, really just really bad. I I worked hours and hours and I, you know, didn't pay attention to myself and my health care and my mental health. well-being. I kind of was just taking care of everybody else and being a single mom and taking care of my mom and my family. Doing what we do. Right. Just overly over the top, not giving a shit about me. Um, And I think God was like, you better sit your ass down for a minute because you're doing too much. And, um, you know, it's funny how it happened. You know, I was turn 40. Okay. (laughs) And you know, when you turn 40, all these, you're supposed to get all these checks and, 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 Mm -hmm. and, and, and blood tests and things to Mm -hmm. see what, you know, after 40, you're supposed to, you know, see where you are, Mm -hmm. what things you should start paying attention to. And I wasn't trying to hear that shit. It was January, February, it was February and March madness happened. And, um, the Louisville Cardinals was tearing it up on the basketball court and we was winning all kinds of shit. And we was going to the grand <laughs> final four and I was like traveling around and living my best life, going to the games and things like that that year. Cause you know, I'm turning 40, I'm 40 was, um, my, I turned 40 in February. I had a mm. big party and I was like, we about to just turn I up all year. Man, brought the New Year's in in South Beach in Miami. I just started yeah. the year off like I'm about to be out. 
and my ass was <laughs> sick for most of the year. <laughs> but at the beginning of the year, I was balling. And so went to the final four in Atlanta, as okay. a matter of fact. And um, me and a friend just was like at the last minute, we found some hood ass hotel that had a, 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 a opening and we went up in there and you know, didn't bring our bags on the inside because we were scared someone was going to crawl up in there and went to the game and we won the national championship. We out there, you know, just toe up and living and having a ball. And I slipped off the side of a curb, tweaked my knee. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm bothering you. I am weak. That's what happened. Honest to God. I tweaked. I mean, I fucked my knee up and we walking all through the streets of Atlanta. And uh, I'm glad mad you wasn't there back then, but (laughs) we was down there chilling and uh, got home and called a friend of mine. I was like, dude, I have fucked my knee up. You got to He's an orthopedic surgeon in virginia okay. and i was like you you know somebody in kentucky you're from here then who can see me i mean i i think something's really wrong like my shit hurts so he sent me to a buddy of his pete dr pete and i'm in there about my knee right. and it just so happens see how things work the day i had my appointment it was pete's 40th birthday Oh, wow. So he was remarking. I mean, they had bees. They had big cakes and stuff up in the doctor's office. And he's back there seeing me. He's like, all right, well, you know, you got to get an MRI because I got to see what's going on. Your knee is swollen and drank liquids in there. We got to see what's going on. I was fucked up. So, (laughs) So he said, well, you know, he had this big thing on his chest with a big 40 on it. Cause they gave him this necklace to uh-huh. wear. and he said, I'm 40. So I understand you're 40. We got to get all our checks. You need a colonoscopy. You need a mammogram. You need all this shit. I'm about to do mine. So you want me, you got to get an MRI. That's the same place you go to get a mammogram. You want me to schedule your mammogram while you're getting your MRI. You can do one shot. Boom. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. Go on and do that while I'm up in there. Save me some insurance money. I thought, but it didn't. But anyway, um, I mean, he, so my orthopedic surgeon signed me up to get my mammogram and I went and got that shit and I went back to his office with my MRI results. I got a torn meniscus. Damn. Said, huh? I see that your uh, mammogram was abnormal. So I'm going to need you. And I said, yeah. It was abnormal. They just told me I need to come back and, you know, have another one, a digital one and all that. And he was like, hmm, all right, well, why don't you go do that? And I'm going to give you some good meds for your knee because first I want to make sure your boobs are okay before we start cutting on your knee. Mm. Because you got to have surgery on your knee. I was like, okay. Now me, I ain't had surgery since I had a C-section with my son. I'm not a surgery type of person. Right. So, you know, I was like, fuck, surgery. So, you know, he just happened to also be into all this wellness stuff and not having medication to solve every problem. Mm -hmm, We're doctors, mm -hmm. but 
but he don't think he met, he wrote a book called no magic pill. Mm. So I Googled his ass before I went to see him actually. And I found out he, he wrote this book. So I, I got the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all about, you know, healthy things you can do and pills don't always solve your problems. So, you know, he's one of these cool guys. That's a doctor who only really cuts on you if it's necessary. Yeah. 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 But anyways, I go to get my booze checked again. And these motherfuckers is like, oh yeah, you got cancer. Just say what now? Nigga, what? <laughs> I got I got a what now? Well, because so before I, you know, I went back, I had to get a biopsy. And I'm still mm-hmm. thinking, uh, you know, people have biopsies. I, I don't have a lump. You right. know, I don't have no drainage. I don't have none of that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, eh, this is probably a cyst or whatever. So I was lucky. Because you are, but real quick, because you are that person. Like Rhonda is a person that, like me, I'm thinking I automatically would thought my titty was on the ground. Like I, I would have already thought I was titties were gone at that point. (laughs) Whereas Rhonda is like, ah, no, let's, you know, she just, she's, you know, (laughs) that's her. I'm worried until it's time to be worried. I just, I learned. I don't know. I think I learned then. I just, I don't know what it was this time. I didn't panic about it. And I don't even know why, because that wasn't um, typical before then. But I think through this process, and I really think reading that damn book that Mm. that doctor gave me with that no magic pill shit was like, you know, there's ways around, you know, evasiveness mm-hmm. sometimes i mean if it's necessary do it but if not and i really think that that kind of helped me because after i read the book i found out that this same knee doctor dude had a wellness center outside of his medical practice mm-hmm. and i went one day because he helped me you know get signed up for stuff i was like let me see what this dude is really you know talking about it was a meditation and massage and yoga. Now my fat ass ain't never <laughs> done yoga before or any. I've always been athletic, and I am a very flexible person. I will say, mm-hmm. um, so you know, yoga. I never really knew about what it was about, so I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll try it. It was free. You know, they, they let you come in there for free at first. <laughs> right, right, right. To, like, get, yeah. to grab you in. They give yeah, you that yeah. first hit. Yeah. Right, right. It was right. all zen and it was pretty smell good in there. The instructors was real cool, you know, because they took a look at my body and was like, have you ever done this before? Well, you know that you can, you know, you don't have to do exactly right, what right, right. we're doing. You can, you know, modify and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can, I can do the splits, bitch. I know how to, I can do some stuff. But anyway, it was real, <laughs> you know, cool. So I, I think that is what made me not be so panicked because at the same time, all this was going on, I'm going through this journey about what the hell is meditation and why is it good for you? So how it's just crazy how things just align like that. It was because me and my workaholic ass and my ghetto fabulous listening to all the hip hop music in the world never thought that I'd be listening to the the monks and the shrine right. and the ding, you know, yeah, all that. Sure stuff. I love and, it, man. It really saved me 
I think, through this whole process. I was so positive because those people in that wellness center taught me how to be positive. Like they would do these little mantras and they would talk to you, not just, um, you know, go in there and learn moves. Like we Mm -hmm. talked about life and well-being and oneness and um, just understanding where you are right now and accepting Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I think that changed my life. So before I had the diagnosis, I didn't do that. Like I was not into acceptance of where I was in life right then and really taking a second to be in the moment of Mm -hmm. where you are and being thankful for that moment. So every day after that, through my whole treatment and diagnosis, I was thankful for that day and the days that I overcame the pain that I was in or things like that, like, or the hurt or the scaredness. I was Mm -hmm. thankful for being able to feel scared because at least I felt something. Yeah. Like there's people who don't feel anything. And so just having that awareness um, was what I think I was supposed to learn through my journey with cancer. So for a long time, I didn't tell anybody that I was diagnosed. So I found out June. So let's see, March is when I hurt my knee. April is when I went to the doctor. May is when they really figured shit out or April and May. So Mm -hmm. by the end of May, I, I knew I had it. And I really didn't tell my family until the 4th of July. Because I was going, I was taking all these tests and confirming what my treatment plan was going to be. Because thank God I went when I did, because it was so early. Like, Mm. I probably wouldn't have gone to get a mammogram until that bus came to my job. And that wasn't until like November. Right. I told Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't have just made an appointment to go get one because I was 40. I was like, yeah, that's for old people. I don't know. Mammogram. And uh, that dude signed me up and I went and I got, and because it was so early, I had so many treatment options. Mm. So that's what I really want your viewers to understand is, yeah, it can be scary because you don't want, I I think a lot of people don't go get tested because they don't want to know the results if it's bad. Mm. It's just like anything else. Yeah. Like if I don't know, it ain't hurting me. But in this case, if you don't know, it's killing you. And there are so many treatment options for you when you know early. So, you know, a lot of people today are dying from breast cancer because they didn't know until it was already in, in you know, I can't even say that word, metastasized or whatever. In mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. You know, I can't say it. I will fuck Man, it up. I, I, and I've had, I, I just can't say that word. Um, you know, they're in stage three, stage four. And even though the treatments are better, in those stages and they they can be overcome. It's just so much harder and your options are so much fewer than mm-hmm. it would be if you had known 
earlier. And the way to know is to get a mammogram. Like it. it really is. And so you go in there and the, and the test is not like horrible. It's kind of, you know, I'm kind of a masochist, so I kind of like the squeeze that you get a little bit. But okay, well, let's talk about this because that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask like what it feels like, or because I know it's like a machine and it's just is it just squeezes it really, really hard. Like how to really hard. It pretty much is. You take your boob and you put it in a machine and you put your boob like this is the plate. You put your boob on top of the plate, right? You plump it <laughs> up then- there, boom. Right, and then the thing presses down on it, and it presses your boob pretty flat. Like I ain't even gonna lie, girl. It, what <laughs> it presses it hard. So, and but for how long though? For like three, five seconds. Okay, okay. So here's what. So it is know. some good old mask shit. Okay, bet. I be. Are you telling me I'm gonna be okay when you I go? Gonna I'm gonna be, be okay. fine. You okay, gonna cool. be fine. Yeah. And this is why it's like the about. So it's as long as you can hold your breath, like. It's over before you get out of breath because they make you hold. They'll say, all right, I'll count to five and you hold your breath. Take a deep breath in. And then it's like two, three, four. Boom, and then it just releases and you're like, whoo. Okay. <laughs> so, it, you know, when I had big boobs, it it didn't hurt as bad. It's like the bigger the boob to me, the more cushion you got in there. It don't mm-hmm. hurt as bad. Now I got little bitty boobs and that shit is painful. So people with little boobs that don't have a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. might have a little bit more of an uncomfortable feeling, but it's for five fucking seconds. You can do anything for five seconds. Like you pinch your damn arm real hard right, right. for five seconds and yeah, it's going to hurt, but you're going to be all right. It's the same I've been telling people about the COVID test. Like, if right. you get the na- the nasal swab, like, it's literally over before you know it. Like, I was very surprised. Yeah, now, they I did. Up there and then right. by the time you get uncomfortable, it's out. Yes. So it's yes. Like, and oh. I, I had, I, now I did have to pull over because I was in the car, I was doing a drive-by thing, and I had to pull over and wait for my eyes to stop crying. Yes. But aside from that, it really wasn't that bad. But anyway. And that's that is the same concept with all these um, preventative tests. Mm-hmm. You know, people got to realize that when you know, you can do something about it. That's right. And when you don't know, you fuck yourself up because sometimes it might be too late. So, know? so you, so one of you, one of the points you made was th- the earlier you know, the better your options. Let's say you would have waited until november what what do you think things would have been different do you think your outcome would have been different like at at what's what were you at a stage like i don't really know how the stages work so what stage i I don't really know how aggressive it has to be to switch the stage Mm -hmm. so i was in um like stage the early parts of stage one it had not come so with breast cancer um the cancer is in your the ducts in your breast. So um, women have like milk ducts and little tubes all through their breast that come to a head and in your nipple. Okay. And that's what you know all the milk comes through there and things like that. And that's how the milk comes out to titty. Um, right. And so the ducts are typically where the cancer is when it starts. It's in your vessels and things Mm -hmm. um so 
mine had not yet come outside of the duct to get into the tissue okay so of my were... breath. so it was super early because the cells were you know cancer cells when you look at them in a microscope they're you know if I always tell people, y'all need to watch Osmosis Jones, that movie Chris Rock said a long, long time ago. Because that shit is real deal how your body works. Mm -hmm. And like a cell is round with the nucleus in the middle. Right. You know, that's a cell. But a cancer cell has spikes on It's like jagged on the outside. Mm. Of it. And that's it's a, it's a cell that has started changing shape and size and it's got little spikes all around it and that's how they see it when you take a mammogram there and when you get like a pap smear they're looking at the shape and size of the cells on your cervix and if they're elongated or jagged right, right. or if they're round and regular like like osmosis jones's was right right <laughs> and so um you know when the set when the cancer cells start spreading they'll come outside they, they break free and break out of the duct and and then you have it in your tissue and once cancer gets in your tissue that means it can travel mm -hmm. to other places your body. in your body mm. and so um that's why you know if you catch it when it's in the duct still and it hasn't spread out through all your body yet, then they know where it is. Um, when they when it's outside of your your ducts, they don't know where it is, and so they have to give you treatment all over your body, like chemo. Yeah. So chemo is a drug that they infuse into your um, veins and arteries or wherever, so it can travel through your whole your body. whole body. I didn't, I was lucky and I'm, and, and really that's luck that I got an early diagnosis and it hadn't broke free yet. So it, I didn't have to do chemo. Wow. See, well, I didn't, this is a, this is some good ass information. Cause I, yeah. I had no idea. And so I did have to do radiation, mm -hmm. which is an experience <laughs> of its own. And I'll tell you a little bit about that, but just understanding that, um, you know, there's different stages of how much cancer they see, I think, is what determines the different stages. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had the option to just take the um, cells out that they found and leave my boobs the way they were, or um, which was called a lumpectomy, mm -hmm. or I could have um, a lumpectomy with breast reconstruction because if you get a lumpectomy and that's it they go in they take the part out and they leave your boob like that and they don't touch the other side so mm -hmm. depending on where um the cells were found you know it might be real simple to just go in take that part out and be done mine was on the very back side in the middle and i had rather large boobs so i was in like a triple d Mm -hmm. um, and so they were like, well, when we go in, we take everything out that we touch. So we don't just go in and cut around and go get that spot. We take it all out and then whatever we get, we get. So yeah. if they had just taken my shit out, my boob would have been all right. It would have been crazy. Right. Right. And my other one would have been stupid. So I chose 
to get a lumpectomy with a reconstruction so that they could fix my, I mean, make my boobs symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a reduction. So, you know, my boobs used to be, my nipples were down here. <laughs> you know, I had kids. So my shit was like this. With my <laughs> and when I had my reconstruction, my shit was back like right. this. Right. You, you were sitting pretty. I was like, oh, shit, I got some. I don't have to wear no bra. What? Right. <laughs> and you know, it just so I, you take the good things that you get. I was I was able to get a reconstruction. You know, I was able to you know do that kind of thing. But you know, it was it was because I had options. You know, um, I, people ask me a lot. You know when they get diagnosed, they'll call me and they'll say, what should I do? You know, should I get a mastectomy? Which is mastectomy is they cut your shit off. They Mm -hmm. take all your ducts out so that you have a a smaller chance to. For it to pop up. Yeah. For it to spread through your body. And usually people that have um, where it's come outside the ducts, they generally get them, you know, get a mastectomy and they cut that shit off. So, people ask me, you know, what should I do? Should I get them cut off? Should I do reconstruction? What, what should I do? And honest, I tell people my experience is this, and you can do what your experience is. If I had to do it all over again, I probably would have cut them shits off just completely. Mm. I really would have. And this is why it's very hard to get breast cancer. If you don't have breast ducts, you know what I'm saying? So and my, my my doctor, my surgeon told me that because I, I had a breast reduction. And as a part of my breast reduction, I I have like uh scar tissue. Yes. Lumps. So they're like it's like lumps, like yeah. you know. And but they told me they're like, you know, it it less because I was like, I mean, does this would this make me more, you know, am I gonna yeah. yeah cancer after doing something like that you know what I mean I had all yeah. them questions and they're like no you're you know it's less it's less a like. lesser of a chance because mm-hmm. now you have you know instead of these big ass ease you toting around right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you, had, you know back. yeah <laughs> so okay so but you were saying people ask you yeah so I, I feel like if I had to do it. And and this this is why because now I still worry that I'm going to develop it again because I still have some ducks. Few mm-hmm. because most of the time when I go they say, "Yeah, it's a bunch of fatty tissue in your boobs." <laughs> <laughs> because they took off so much like they took off like more than half of my boobs when they took it off. So I have a, a less chance of redeveloping it in that form. Now I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you can't get another kind of cancer. Right. Like, absolutely. I'm totally not saying that. And I'm not saying you'll be cancer free or anything like that when you have the mastectomy, but there's a less likely chance. Like for instance, if you don't have a cervix, you can't get cervical cancer. So, right. you know, those, if you have a hysterectomy, the, 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 you might not get them, um, we call them ovarian cancers, right. ovaries. Right. So 
I tell people it's up to you. But if I could do it over again, I would cut that shit off because I still got to go get a mammogram every year. But at least they're just once a year now. I used to have to go get four a year. Like oh every like the, oh, and when so, it's first. <laughs> so speak, but but speaking of that, so real quick, like what was the um timeline? Like what was the time lapse? How how long was the process from the day mm-hmm. that you found out to the day that you know you're like, hey. They're like free. You yeah. good, bitch. <laughs> well, that's a good question because I will say this. So my timeline, like I said, May is when I got diagnosed. I did not have surgery until August 15th. Wow. Because I had to go through a series of tests and genetic tests and all these different things to make sure because I had um, some breast cancer in my family history that okay. I learned about. Um, and that's another thing that I want to tell your viewers to do is talk to your family about your medical history. Um, it's, it's a great thing to know what your family is susceptible to mm-hmm. when you normally wouldn't know. Like I didn't know that my grandmother had breast cancer on my father's side because she passed away before I was born. Mm. And I didn't really know what she passed away from. Like that never was a topic of discussion right. until I was diagnosed. And I knew an aunt of mine had breast cancer and she's the one. So when I, I went through this whole genetic testing thing to see if I had the breast cancer gene, because there's different um, treatment options. Mm. If know you have that gene like for instance Angelina Jolie her mother had all kind of cancer situations and she had the gene so she got all her shit taken she got breast cut off uh, um, uterus taken out all that it's like sick of having that sickle cell gene or trait the trait or the gene yeah exactly I do not have that B whatever um, gene it is I, I don't have it my aunt didn't have it but we both still got breast cancer and you know I'll, I'll throw this little plug out there and this probably bring a whole bunch of other questions from conspiracy people but I really do think that some cancers are caused from emotional stress and trauma yeah we've talked about that yeah and it's like when you go through a lot of trauma in your life you're and 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 you're a person like me who doesn't let it out like I push it down, push it down and keep on going and keep on smiling. I'm still that person that does everything mm-hmm. for everybody. And I push that shit down. Your body has to react to that some way mm-hmm. when you push it down. And that's why them damn cells, I think, change shapes like that and get jaggedy because they're they're like, eee. like it's just. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really do think that my and my aunt and me are very similar in personality and she's the one who was the youngest and took care of all the shit and had a lot of trauma in her life and um you know so i think that maybe had something to do with my cancer diagnosis because my sister don't have cancer and we pretty much grew up the same way in the same places we ate the same shit why did i get it and she didn't something happened in my life that you know is different in some Mm -hmm. sense and i think that might be some part of it, but and I, and, I, and and just to say, like I've 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 learned over the years that 
when you do have a that stressful life that you just can't break free of, you know, I've shit has happened to me. Like why? I mean, and, and you know, and when there's no explanation for it, like hives, for instance, right? Yes. Not is yeah. not, of course it's not cancer, but hives. so it's like, where you know I didn't eat anything different I didn't touch anything different I didn't where where does this come from and it's just the way that my body is reacting to my surroundings because I'm allowing my surroundings yeah so so I I can see that I can see that yeah but to you to your question so May is when it started I went through a whole series of tests CT scans, PET scans, all these scans. I was radioactive by the time they got ready to cut my boobs off. But August, they cut them off. Um, Then you have to heal for about five weeks before uh, my radiation treatment started. And so I was um, supposed to get like eight weeks of radiation and it ended up taking a little longer than that because they ended up, when they took all that tissue out, they found some more spots that they wow. didn't see on the initial um, thing because right. they were so small. So when you ask, do you think I would have, um, if I would have waited, it would have gotten worse? I do, because those little spots would have gotten bigger. The spot that it was mm-hmm. would have gotten bigger. So I feel like my early detection really did save me from a different treatment option for sure because mm. they and they you know they took all that shit out of my other side and they didn't find nothing thank god um but they because they do test all that stuff that they take out they they pathology yeah. test on it and everything so after i healed a little bit after surgery and basically they cut you from here look i got my shirt on hey little life little life hey (laughs) (laughs) but they you know they cut me from here to here all the way across my whole whole you know yeah like the midsection under your breast they just went straight across it's very similar to to what you did with the reduction Mm -hmm. and um I think that was the one of one of the worst parts about the whole deal was those little suction tubes and God told them I couldn't do it myself because my hands didn't work. I, okay. Right? okay. Yeah. 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 Like, I was very like flimsy in the hands when I first came home from surgery and my son, who was, I think, 17 at the time, <laughs> come in and do my little suction thing <laughs> three times a day. He had his little gloves. He was like, mama, mama, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of you. I mean, and I didn't think he had it in him for real. I really he did that. Stepped up to the plate. I was the, my mom don't cook at all. She cleans. <laughs> And so, yes, she does. <laughs> cleans, OCD cleans, but she cannot cook. So I was all worried about what we gonna eat. My hands was not working the way they were supposed. To. <laughs> so my friends started. They have some app online where you do like a meal chain, and you send oh. it to all your friends, and they sign up for days to bring dinner over. 
So thank God for things like that. You know, they took two weeks, but he was the one who would heat the shit up and get dinner ready for my mom and, and me. And th- he just did a lot. Oh man. Helped me to, to, um, to really make it through without a lot of stress on that stuff. Cause that's the kind of stuff I was stressed about is taking care of them. Right. Of course. Sick and all that bullshit. But I got over that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so and you said five, it was five weeks yeah, to heal. Okay. To heal. So by so that was August. So the beginning of November. Actually, it might not have been. It was the middle of September. It's like almost the end of September, mid-September. I started the radiation. So this is a big myth, I think, that people have about radiation. Um in my situation, I had to go every day to radiation. Um, so it's not like a one-time zap thing and you out of there. I'm sure there are some situations where that may apply because mm-hmm. everybody's treatment plan is different. And I do want to really say that too. Like what my experience was isn't your cousin who had breast cancer's right. experience. You know, everybody ha- should have a plan that fits their certain situation. But for me, I had to go five days a week to radiation, which, you know, is an interesting thing because they, they really line you up. They like, and, and, and figure out, um, doctors are amazing. They, you know, they do all these scans to figure out exactly where they need to put the radiation beam in Mm you. Um, they put all these kind of tattoos on you. They're not like real tattoos, but they're stickers that stay like you can shower and them Mm -hmm. things don't come off. So I had stickers all over my whole chest area so that when they lined me up, when you lay down on the table to get radiation, they line up the machine with the stickers. So it only zaps you in that one place because you don't want a bunch of radiation running through your body. Radiation is not a safe thing. Right. Um, it can kill you. <laughs> Which is why you have to wear that damn lead thing when you go in to do x-rays and stuff. Right. And they didn't have no lead thing on me, you know. And furthermore, they lock you in what is the same thing as a vault. Like Girl, what? the doctors would come in there, so they would line me up. It's this great big machine that's like over top of you, and you just land on the table. And then they go, okay, we'll be back. And they leave you. And I'm talking about the door is this thick. And they lock that shit. You hear it? Girl, shut up. It's a vault. They lock you in that room because they ain't trying to be close to that shit. They in a little window or they see you on a camera or some shit and they'll talk to you. But that's like the scariest thing because you're in there by yourself. There's this great big machine that's very loud. So it's kind of funny on the ceiling. <laughs> they had like um, stained glass window kind of thing. It looked like outside, like the, the oh. sky and the sun, because you're just sitting there and you have to be completely still. Like I had to hold on to these handlebars so that I wouldn't move. So and that for it how long you got to be in there? Not long. Like that took maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. To do the actual like the machine right. goes all around you and 
you don't see anything, but you know, it's like a beam that's right at those little spots. You don't feel anything. You can't feel radiation. It's like an x-ray. You, you just, you, you hear it, but you can't feel it at the time. Right. And then they, the, the latch comes off the door and creaks open. They're like, okay, you're done. See you tomorrow. <laughs> you're out of there. You put shit back on and you, you go home. But over time, what I found is that radiation is like an extreme sunburn. Well, I'm chocolate. I didn't know what sunburn felt like. Like I really had never had a sunburn and I grew up in Alabama and I know I didn't go outside a lot during the daytime in Alabama because it's so fucking hot. And I went out in the right. evenings and played and stuff, but still I've never had sunburn. So I didn't, you know, my white friends, they all had sunburn and they used to put cream on it and gone right. back to business. So I didn't really think it was that big a deal. Bitch, sunburn fucking hurt. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I was like, if I was white, I would have PF 8000 on my body t- every day. I would never go out in the sun without some kind of protection if I was didn't have brown skin. Cause mm-hmm. there's no way I would have sunburn every day like that. Oh. That shit hurts. I think I got it the the first time I went to Jamaica. Maybe Ooh. I think. Yeah, it's it's not a game. It is not. I was like, if this is what sunburn feel like, white people, I have a whole new respect for you because this is some fucking crazy shit. But mine got a little worse than a typical. So I had like a burn. So yeah. my whole your whole shit gets black. And your skin peels off <sighs> and, you know, you have like, oh, I didn't want to wear no clothes like that. was Yeah, because it's going to rub up against on. it. Ugh. Yeah, And you're supposed to wear like these compression bras to to make sure your new boobs don't get all out of whack. Right. Like, oh, right, right, right. I had to do that. But that shit. I could not put no bra tight. Compression bra? That's the tight stuff. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Uh, I, we just didn't make it with that, with the with the radiation. And so how how long did you have to do the radiation for? Five I days. I ended week? up doing radiation for about eight, eleven weeks instead of eight. Part okay. of the reason why is because I had to take a week off because I was so burned, and they were like, "Yeah, you might want to let that heal a little bit, and then we'll come back <laughs> and bring some more." Right? They was like, mm, "Nah, your shit is raw, bitch. You need Damn. to heal up a little bit." But they give you this cream shit to put on, and do you know? I talked to this African lady, and she was like, "No, no, no. We're gonna give you some shea butter." We, we, you put that shit butter on there and bitch, that shea butter did wonders. I tell did all it. people that go through the radiation, get some African, for real African shea butter and fuck all that prescription compound stuff because the shea butter soothed my pain and helped uh. me heal. So that lasted until mid-November and then I was free. Kind of. Um, you know, I was free with treatment as far as that um i did a scan they didn't see anything um so i got to ring the little bell and say i'm Mm. done and let my boob heal Um, it probably stayed black for about a year and a half damn it it was dark Uh, not it was black for maybe eight months but then it started lightening up and lightening up Mm -hmm. and now I can tell the coloration difference, but other people probably couldn't tell. Mm. Um, 
the, the difference. But yeah, for for a while, boy, my boob was. I'm talking black, like bruised wow. and battered and blue. It was black. And my that is crazy. Was like it'll come back. You'll get your color. I was like, my boob is gonna be black. <laughs> so of course, the one uh, one question that everybody asked: Did anything happen to your hair? Did anything happen to your hair? Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because I had really thick thick long hair before this all happened and even though I didn't have chemo the radiation and the medication that I was on did change my hair quite drastically I it um it got really thin and brittle and I ended up cutting it you know I had a bob because when I was going through all this I wasn't even thinking about my hair it was still long and it just kept getting thinner and just breaking off. It really didn't fall out like it does with chemo. And I didn't mm-hmm. lose like my eyebrows and things like that. I will say though, the hair under my arm will never grow back again. Oh, you lit. <laughs> right. I was like, well, that's not a bad thing. I'm trying to get the other ones lasered. <laughs> right. Because I'm over here shaving one side because my side over here is cool. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, the radiation killed all that shit. So um, they said, you know, maybe in about 12 years, it might come back maybe, but not likely. I'm like, I, I can live with that. Right, right, right. On my legs a little bit, get this hair off my legs. Right. No more. But it did um, change the texture of my hair. Um, but, you know, it still was okay. It didn't like it was I right. put a perm in there, and then I quit putting perms in, so that really changed the texture. So I don't know now if that was because of radiation or just because I started going naturally, and that shit is something to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and another quick question: So, like, were during the treatment? So, during during your treatment, was how hard was it? on your body overall like did you feel sick or you know were you constantly sick were you how how did that well um I wasn't throw up sick okay I'll say that I didn't get nauseated a lot maybe a few times I will say that so after I had the surgery I did start on an oral medication some pills right right and I did have to take those for five years Um, And so some people say your treatment really isn't over until you finish the appeals, too. So now I'm completely done with with um, treatment because I stopped taking those pills a year and a half ago. Yes, ma'am. I remember. So I was like, this is the last fucking tamoxifen because that shit, let me tell you, was what throws your your system off. And I started having hot flashes. Girl, if I, I, I be on, I be on the lit life podcast having hot flashes. Do you hear me? I be on yeah. ha- podcast happy hour having hot flashes. But yeah, that stuff you had done will throw that happy. <laughs> but that was unbelievable. Like I never, it, I couldn't explain the heat in my body. Like I remember one night, <laughs> I just took all my clothes off and went and laid on my tile bathroom floor. Because it was so cold on the floor, but I just couldn't like I did. It's like an internal heat. Ah, you ain't telling me. Get uh, I was uh, so 
my body had to get used to that tamoxifen. So I probably had hot flashes for a couple of weeks until it got, I got used to it. And then if I missed my medicine, mm. it would throw up. So I rarely, if ever, after that first time I missed and I had a flash, I was like, oh no, bitch, I got to go home. Cause I got to take my, I can't spend the night over here. <laughs> Because <laughs> I got to go home get my mess in the morning. <laughs> I was not playing with no sleepovers and overnight stays when they wasn't playing. Or I started leaving shit in my car, too. So, you know, just mm -hmm. anyways. But during the trip, so radiation makes you very lethargic. And I went back to work part time um, because I had been off work since August. And then, you know, when I started radiation, um, I had to leave. I had to have it every day. So I would yeah. do the last appointment like at three o'clock every day. So I could go to work, leave at two 30, do my radiation. And then I would just come home and lay down and, and go to bed. Cause I would just be so it's like you have the flu, but mm. you don't have the chills with it, but you're so like, Ugh. your body is just tired. Like you yeah. can't, wake your body up yes which in turn led to them finding out that my thyroid was acting a little weird so you know some that's one of the things that sometimes happens when you have radiation um you some people tend to have thyroid issues as well wow. and so it's just like a spiral yeah and then i had this stomach thing where my stomach got loose and that was a whole, they don't know. I, it had to be them or something that happened with something because they went, I did, a, when I did my scan, I was having like reflux a lot. And mm -hmm. they were like, what's going on with this reflux? And every time I ate, I would cough. And so I went back and they did another scan and they were like, hmm. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Huh? And she was like, well, your stomach is supposed to be right here, but there's just like an open space. And I was like, what? what? So then she scrolled up. She said, oh, there it is. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. She's like, your stomach is like behind your lungs and upside down. And that would make sense as to why you cough every time you eat because the acid in your stomach is dripping out and it's getting in your lungs. So that's probably not a good thing. We need to get that fixed. So somehow my diaphragm, it's kind of like people who have what they call a hiatal hernia mm -hmm. where a little piece of their stomach like comes outside of their esophagus hole or their diaphragm. That's what a hiatal hernia is. Mm -hmm. Well, mine came all the way out. So oh my God. They don't know. They they were like, were you in a car accident <laughs> Maybe you cut your diaphragm or something. I was like, no, bitch. Y'all did this to me. Did y'all Right. So we never figured out how my stomach got loose, but it did. So they went and put it back and tied it down. And now I can't never throw up, but... <laughs> So do you get, no? I mean, like, so do you, do you get nauseated? Yeah. And it's horrible because you want to throw up. Right. Cannot throw up. Oh my and God. You just have to live with that shit until it passes. And it's the worst feeling in the Nigga. world. The worst, like, you know, when you throw up, you feel better. Right. You be ready to get it over with. Right. Yeah. And I'll be like, mm, mm, 
it, oh no, my god nothing. it will not come up because they had to tie my stomach down and it won't won't do that so yeah so i don't get white girl wasted anymore because i don't want to feel like i gotta throw up girl it's the worst because i'll be ready to kill y- all y'all so <laughs> <laughs> I so, smoke and be happy with that shit. <laughs> got to, got to. So, so and it's, okay. So then you said you had to. You were you got to ring the bell. Everything's cool, but you still had to take this medicine. Yeah, daily or whatever. And then go back every three months and get checked. I had to do blood work. Um, they checked my blood, make sure there wasn't any levels that showed up out of normal in my blood. So I stayed. Did it ever happen? Like over those five years, did you ever have anything like abnormal aside from your stomach from falling stomach, out? My thyroid. <laughs> so that was real. I had three surgeries in a year. August, I had my boobs done. That April after that, I had my stomach fixed. And then the following April, I had my thyroid cut halfway off. <laughs> they kept half of it. They It wasn't cancerous. There was some kind of growth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that fucking radiation that makes shit grow in your body that ain't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want nothing in my body that ain't supposed to be there. So get it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But I will say, out of all of this, I told y'all that I started my journey with meditation and yoga and that really helped me stay in a very good place and a positive place throughout my whole treatment and because I did that I didn't have to have surgery on my meniscus that started all this shit see Uh, I was wondering I was gonna come back to that like damn did she ever get the damn (laughs) nope and I, they, my doctor said he feels like when I started doing the yoga, it strengthened my muscles in a way where I didn't have a complete set. I had a tear in my meniscus and not a ruptured meniscus where it was torn all the way across. And it healed because and he said, sometimes, you know, when your body's going through other trauma, Mm-hmm. It doesn't focus on it because I kid you not, my knee never hurt the whole summer that I remember. The whole time I was going through all that breath, like my knee was throbbing after I kicked Yeah, it was head. swollen and everything. I mean, it was torn, they said. It was fucked up and everything was bad about my knee. And I it just it it it, it was okay. It was it was tolerable. Like I still have issues every now. Like if I walk a really really long way and have bad shoes on, or if I try to run, yeah, my knees like bitch. You are not a runner. Mm-hmm. You better start walking. Right. Um, and I think that if I would continue to do yoga like I used to, it would get better. Um, so that's my what I'm trying to do now is get back into those routines that I went through when I was going through all of this that really helped me stay in a good place because I have a stressful job again. Like for after all this happened, I really changed. I started doing hobbies and shit. Like that was, that was going to be my, my quote and my, my last question for you. Like what, but, but first, before you went to that, so, so would you say it was what about six and a half years? How long did it? I mean, I had you had the five years. So what was it? Six years total that you was basically? Three, no, it was five. 
like well i guess no you're right it was six and a half because it was five after i started right 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 okay um, so yeah and then so I know, you know, I remember when you took your last pill and we was all happy and everything was everything. And I just want you to tell people basically what you were getting ready to get into. Like, what what is your outlook on life now? Like, it's you know, that's why I asked in the beginning, like, mm-hmm. what was your life like then? Like, what are things like now and what? you know, what have you learned about yourself throughout this process? Man, my life is so different um, now. Like I don't take things for granted as much as I used to. I I make sure I tell people how I feel. I don't hide my feelings like I used to anymore. I, I want the people that I love to know that I love them and that I care for them. I, you know, I'll send people little gifts because I think about them or yeah, she will <laughs> have us all crying and shit. But look, it's funny because I don't even just get it for y'all. Give me one too. So right. <laughs> I mean, I like if I see something that I like, and then I think somebody else that I know will like it, I'm going to get it for them because I, I, I just, I feel like it's important for, for you to not waste and say, I wish I had a, like mm-hmm. that's the I don't want to ever feel like that and say I wish I had done this or I wish I had said this M- right before we got on the phone I was talking to my son and I was like where are you he's out there hanging out and I was like all right I love you and I, I never used to do that um mm-hmm. I don't think with him as much and my my mom and my sisters and just my friends just to make sure they know that they are my friends because and and I cut a lot of people out of my life. That's the other thing, because I found out through my um, experience that I was a good friend to people who weren't mm-hmm. good friends to me. And I don't blame them for that. Like, I, I think I filled a, a, a place in certain people's lives um, that and I'm an empath. Like I take on other people's issues sometimes when I, and I try to solve and fix them and help them. Mm -hmm. And I just can't do that for everybody. And I had to recognize that about myself that I can't save everybody. Sometimes people need to be a part of their savings themselves. Mm -hmm. So I lost some people who I thought were my really good friends through my 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 cancer experience because you know you tell people you have it finally you know I put it on Facebook I kind of kept letting people know I was okay and people would check in and some people wouldn't you know people who I thought would come by and see me like or people who when they when certain ones my story sisters sent out that meal chain Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. You know, I, I thought surely, uh, you know, some people who were I thought I was close to would, would they know I, my mom don't cook? Right, <laughs> right. Here starving, and they didn't. Do you um, think that some of them just? Do you think that it was just really hard for some of them to yes to face you like that? Like they just didn't want to. Yes, and I talked to some 
some of the ones that it shocked me about, I talked to them about it, of course, because I'm trying to be transparent with people. Um, and I think we worked through it. And I understand that because even now when people call me and tell me they have cancer, sometimes I'm um, okay with it. And sometimes I'm not like, I think it's, it's hard for me because I will take on their grief. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the wrong person I can't help. Like if you're a negative type of person in general, I can't pull you out of that. And I, I can't have negativity taking my life. Cause I think that'll give me cancer again. Right. Right. So I, to, I mean, I'm trying to be supportive for people, but you can be supportive from a distance and mm. still be supportive. Like I send cards, I send texts and calls and things like that, but I ain't got to go with somebody to their chemo treatment just because, you know, I had cancer. Right, 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 right. That's not, that's not on on you. No. And I can't do that for everybody. And so I understood when people couldn't do it for me. I really do. And sometimes when people get sick, you're like, I just don't want to have that, um, you know, a part of me. And so I, I don't blame people for how they reacted in any way. I love them and I wish them the best, but I couldn't be who I was to them before the surgery because I wasn't the same after the surgery. So I did, I mean, some people probably don't like me now or or say I've changed Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that because Mm -hmm. I think I changed for the better and I can't be your superwoman and problem solver. I got to solve my own shit. That's right. That's real. I, you know, one of the things that somebody brought me over when I was home um, was a paint by numbers kit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, "Eh, I'm tired of watching these soap operas. It wasn't good shit on. We didn't have like Netflix really back. Right, right, right. Like now. So I started doing that shit. I loved it. And so I have since like gotten this whole hobby of painting. So this nigga I, is Picasso, nigga. Like <laughs> she be trying to downplay her whole little, you know, her whole um, um, painting skills, mm-hmm. and she's very good at it. Well, thank you. It's taken. I mean, it's seven years of shit because you know you start with paint by numbers where you just coloring. You know, mm-hmm. they, paint and they they draw it for you because I can't draw. I'm not a I'm not an artist like I can't take a pencil and draw shit, mm-hmm. but I'm good with lines and 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 symmetry and things like that. So I can paint because I like to write like I write calligraphy and mm-hmm. shit like that. So I can get by, but I'm, I can't do like people be like, can you paint me? Right. No, nah, we ain't doing none of that. The bitch. I don't people. I <laughs> And old ah. shit that don't have a whole bunch of lines and stuff, cause right, I don't do. Care. It be it look it's it really is good though. Like okay. what you do, yeah, because you do do a lot of like landscapes or you painted the uh the cats. Remember we was in New Jersey, ah. you painted the cats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I tried to paint. The I whole can't tale. think of their name. What's their name? Like, oh, Tanya or. 
What did you Tracy? It was Tracy, and I can't think of the other cat. Y'all know I'm crazy. Y'all Tracy named the was damn cat. The cat on top of the, the building. I did paint that damn cat because, but that's easy. Like I can paint <laughs> black figures without no facial features. Like right. That. I can be outlines is my best friend, but features, <laughs> do features. But so, it's something that's for me. Like people be like, "Oh, can you paint me?" No, bitch, I don't paint no. for other people. This is mine. They're all around my room. Like I don't right. let them out my room. And my mom be like, "Well, can you put this in the bed?" No, for me, this is my art gallery for me. Right. And, you know, I'm being selfish with my. Art and it's music. the cutest thing, y'all. Like it is. It's like so adorable. Like she has her whole little studio set up downstairs. It just. It's 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 awesome that that there are some positive things that came out of this experience because you, you know, know of course it's not of course I I would think that it just it was not an easy journey you know what I mean so it but, wasn't but I know some people's journey was way harder than mine so I'm just blessed again that I found out when I did. And so I just implore all the women and all the men who have women in their lives. Tell them and to men to too, baby. It's free. Like if you have insurance, it's covered 90% of the time. Um, if you are younger, but you have um, people in your, if you have a history of people who have had any kind of cancer, you can get your doctor to, to, to say you need to have one. And that's what I think. I think, you know, they're trying to come up with a lesser age because there's a lot of people who are younger who are coming up with it. And 40 is not the number. It's really should be like 30. You should well, start. they when they've moved it up to 45. Yeah. And that's I don't I don't get that. But a lot of do- like your uh, primary care physician can write it up in a way. Mm-hmm. Where you can get a free one if they say you have some, exi- you know, pre-existing or or you're in a high risk, mm-hmm. like if you've had like um, female issues and things mm-hmm. like that, you can you, that you can tell your doctor you want to get a mammogram and write that shit up and they'll mm-hmm. do it. Um, and 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 with any with any situation with any anything that has to do with your your health. Um, you have to be very aggressive. You have to be very aggressive with these doctors. Yeah. You have to get second opinions. Yes. Um, there's because uh, unfortunately, like they said, like they're they're not listening. You know what I'm saying? They they don't. It's like, well, I'm the one with the degree. Okay, well, nigga, I'm the one that's over here feeling like I'm about to die, and you're right. telling me they that there's nothing like wrong. Like they really don't believe a lot of black women. Like there's women in the hospital having babies and have blood clot issues because they don't believe them when they say their legs is hurting or you know they, they ain't believe me either they ain't yeah, believe me either we know our bodies and 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 we need to be explicit and and very um um i guess just very direct with mm-hmm. our doctors about how you feel like listen 
I know myself and I'm so nervous because I've been going to the same doctor, my primary care for 25 years. He was my son's pediatrician. Yeah, you're <laughs> And I was that. like, I'm going to you, too, because I ain't going to two different doctors. When I come, you're going to give me my physical, too. And he's like, yeah, whatever. So he's <laughs> about to retire because he's old as shit <laughs> and needs to retire because he up in here writing stuff on notebook paper instead of putting it in the system. So it's girl, what? Yeah, a steno pad. <laughs> I'm like, I can see Dr. Kello, the Jewish man. But um, so I'm getting ready to have to start finding another doctor. But I'll switch doctors as many times as I need to to make people um treat me and make me feel comfortable because this is my life and I feel very fortunate to still have it. So I want you my physicians to treat it like a temple. But just don't if you feel some kind of way. If you, you know, do your monthly breast exam, tell your boyfriend, your husband, because you'll notice a change. Like some of my other friends that I've met since going through this um, did have lumps or did have a discharge. Like if you have a discharge coming out of your boob and you are not breastfeeding, something's mm -hmm. wrong. And don't mm -hmm. just say, oh, it just does that sometimes. Yeah, it does do that sometimes because something's wrong. It, that's yeah. not normal. And I found out that's how my grandmother's was, is what her kids say is, you know, her whole breast like caved in oh my before goodness. she went to the doctor because the black women didn't go to the doctor in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So don't do that. I mean, it's okay to go get checked. You know yes. what I'm saying? What's the, the worst thing that can happen is they tell you something wrong and you get fixed. And you, like, and you get it together. For me, I can't fathom why people wouldn't want to know so they can go get fixed it's time to get fixed so don't worry about a bad diagnosis because there are treatments yeah. now that are just phenomenal and i always give to these research places and people have what they want to say about susan g coleman and all these research the ones that you you know feel comfortable giving to but it is important that we continue to do research because um the treatment options are so much better now because of it. Because of that, like mm -hmm. I'm alive today because of the treatment options and tamoxifen and and you know the radiation type that I got and that people didn't get back you know ten years before my stuff. So mm -hmm. and we're not gonna pray this away, y'all. I mean, we gonna stay in prayer, but. Yeah, but God gives us the treatments. So Amen. don't get treated. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. out there. He tells you or makes these doctors to help you. So use them and don't just think that she's going to disappear like this fool, you know, keeps saying right. in Washington, D.C. that she's going to disappear. Like, N -n 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 no, it's no, not. It's not. Yeah, this is not magic. It's not no fucking Harry Potter. So, yeah. So, well. I, I didn't even have to ask all my questions because you just went on ahead and uh I'm so covered sorry. them all. <laughs> I told you this one is the topic that I'm like open because it happened, you know, and I didn't think it was going to happen. Like that was the shock of my damn life. I can't you know, imagine. I was in a meeting at work and the pathologist called. And I stepped out of the meeting because I saw the number and I was like, hey. And she was like, you know, 
I know your doctors talked to you already and I just don't want you to worry. You're in very early stages. And I was like, bitch, what? Because my doctor has not talked to me yet. Oh my God. He was so like sorry and right. telling you know, you like, like oh my god i can't believe it i thought they had it checked that your doctor had told you and you know but i didn't panic i couldn't panic because i wanted to know how the hell they was gonna fix me like that right. was my whole thing was what we gotta do right what? and you say all that to say what now what's next like <laughs> Right. What am I? When am I coming in? Because surely you have me an appointment set up. Because y'all right. gonna have to fix it. <laughs> and they made my ass wait three more months. But I'm glad I did. What those three months helped me to prepare mm -hmm. for the next part, and then I could prepare. So let your process happen, and don't panic, and just do what the hell they say and get fixed. <sighs> <laughs> This has been amazing. Girl, oh, look at the time. You see it? You see it? Oh, my like, God. this has been amazing. Well, I'm niggas, glad niggas still glad better be listening because this was, it, it was very, all very important. And, um, but you might have to cut, cut, cut some damn. <laughs> no, nah, I'm a, I'm a cut out that one part, maybe, where we got lost. <laughs> oh, and then we're gonna go from there but um thank you thank you so much for coming on this show and being very transparent about your journey and congratulations for basically saying fuck cancer with a big f <laughs> with a, with like the capital like all the whole word is capital like yeah, fuck cancer yeah fuck it that was and my I, hashtag. Yeah. And I and I'm I am just grateful to have you in my life. Oh. I know we all we say this stuff to each other all the time or whatever. Cause we do, we we really do tell each other how much we love each other and all this that and the other. Yeah. But I am definitely grateful and I'm glad that you punched that bitch cancer in the face. So all the way, fucked it up, fucked it up. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like a I'm getting to talk to this celebrity podcaster. Hey, you hear y'all heard that? Y'all heard that? <laughs> so maybe put my glasses on, nigga, because I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love your show. I love I love the the podcast Happy Hour. Like that's yes. like, I, I, that's like the highlight of my month. I sit there, I get my drink, and I listen. <laughs> it's so fun. I love y'all show. Thank you. And speaking of podcast happy hour, thank you for reminding me because I show forgot and I never forget. But uh, real quick, guys, podcast happy hour. It is myself. It is Jay Book from Jay's Quick Three, Audrey from All Tales Pod, uh, Chris from Shenanigans with Friends, and Tamara, Tamara to the Break of Dawn podcast. <laughs> um, uh, we have a, a a show that we do once a month called Podcast Happy Hour. So uh, if you click on the show notes, you'll see the last three. Uh, what was it like? What's this? What month is this? October. Oh, so it's like August, September, and October. You'll see all three of those. 
Um, the next one is going to be on All Tales Pod in November. It's probably going to be like the third weekend. I don't know if it's going to be a Friday or a Saturday, but it will be live. So oh, I'll make yeah. sure that I have. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'll make sure that I bring um, all that information to you. And then Chris will be hosting um, in December for shenanigans uh, on the shenanigans with friends podcast. So um make sure that you guys tune into that. It is so much fun and it's such a good time. And you get to see all of us just being real stupid and ignorant. It's man, so it's much fun. Shit on TV, man. I be <laughs> and then I'll be pissed because I'm like, man, I'll be wanting to type and join in that shit. So the live one, I'll tell them to have the chat comment. Yeah. Somebody yeah, so, look at it. yeah, so the live will be on um Facebook and Twitter, but I think um it's gonna be on uh it'll be on her all tales pod page. Okay. So I'll make sure I'll make sure y'all have all of that so that you can get in and you know yeah. chat with us or whatever and make sure you guys have your drinks and just be ready for a good time. Yes, I'm gonna have to finish mine off because you know I've been drinking orange juice by the way, but it is in my you can't sip with us cup. So y'all make sure y'all go get y'all damn drink box. I so all them sparkles in your cup. Girl, wasn't it lit? Man, what is that? I don't know what the fuck it was, but I drank it. I'm gonna have to go get a box because I want some sparkles. Yes, girl, enter enter lit life and you'll get 10% off of your first purchase. So all right. I'll tell you what I think it was the rum punch, but I'll go back and look. Ooh. So, anyways, um, thank you guys. Thank you again, Rhonda, for coming on and sharing thank your story. It's it's definitely um it's it's def we definitely need to take better care of ourselves. Uh, again, like she said, like all this stressing and I, I'm talking to myself right now, all this stressing and all this, this craziness, man, we're, we're in a, a, a crazy time and crazy place. And we have to be kind to ourselves. And on that note, I just want to say thank y'all for listening or watching. And until you, and you, until you hear me again, peace. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> thank